This 4th of July, as we go about our activities with family and friends, we should all take some time to reflect upon the true significance of the holiday. Yes, it's a celebration of our country's declaration of independence from Great Britain, but it is much more than that. It's a celebration of an idea that was revolutionary then and unfortunately is still considered revolutionary by many today. The Declaration of Independence boldly states, We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights. Among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and institute a new government. This revolutionary declaration is the foundation of American political thought and has inspired millions around the world for the 235 years since Thomas Jefferson wrote it. The common view at the time was that rights were granted by the government to the people. Instead, Jefferson declared there is a higher law, unalienable rights, that every human has by their mere existence. Government only has those powers granted to it by the people to protect these natural rights. Unfortunately today, it seems that many have rejected Jefferson's declaration and have returned to the antiquated idea of government supremacy. They define patriotism as supporting the government. Most disheartening of all are the discussions about the Constitution. Political commentators, major party politicians, and Supreme Court nominees talk about our constitutional rights as if the government were granting us our rights through the Constitution. Nothing could be farther from the truth. In the Constitution, the Founders again made it abundantly clear that all power comes from the people. The Constitution is a document where people have granted the government certain limited powers. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity do ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States of America. Benjamin Franklin said, They that can give up essential liberty to obtain a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. The author of this thoughtful, powerfully written piece, Mr. Jim Ronstadt, suggests that we take a moment this 4th of July from our celebrations that we might reflect on the Founder's vision for America and how, if I might add, we ever let it get so far astray.
becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. Lipstick Bodyguard, fear no evil. Get yours today only at LipstickBodyguard.com. Broadcasting from behind the Second Amendment Iron Curtain in the shadows of the New York City skyline, this is Gun For Hire Radio, the voice of one million New Jersey gun owners, with your hosts, Sandy Berardi and Master Firearms Trainer, Anthony Calandra. Coming to you live from the land that freedom forgot, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. Welcome to it. Welcome, welcome. We got some great guests on the show today. First of all, we have Bella. Bella's a Bella. service or therapy dog? Service dog. Bella is a service dog. You'll see the pictures. And we have Frank Puglisi from BehaviorPlus.info, which we're going to get into in a minute. And, of course, we have the never-ending guest, Dr. Gianni Pirelli, who just uh, wrote a book, The Behavioral Science of Firearms, and he mentioned my name numerous times in the book. Boy, shit, I'm published now. How many, you I'm, know, I, seriously. I mean, I'm, I'm published you, now. In the Journal of Be, uh, Abnormal Behavioral Psychology, <laughs> you, you have your own chapter. I'm published now. That's so true. I am published now. Thank you all for being on the show. So a uh, couple of things. Bella seems to be uh, taking a nap, laying on her side right now. Yeah, I'm extremely jealous. Yep. And uh, we're going to talk about Bella in a couple of minutes. But first, Doc, we, we want you to lead in. And, uh, Frank, since you work with uh, specialty dogs, you can chime in at any time. But, okay. Doc, we want you to talk about the new bills that were signed into law, the ones that violate our right to due process and how my dentist, my dental hygienist now, can call can, the uh, police and have me uh, yep. arrested. Maybe you want to uh, start talking about this, everybody? Sure, sure. Thanks for having me again. You're um, very welcome. Well, basically the main law that applies to <clears throat> mental health and medical professionals is the A1181 uh, that passed through. And it's it's actually not a new law, which is kind of the interesting part about it. It's in a, it's in a, a addendum or an amendment to an existing law. And so like most states, we have a duty to warn and protect if we believe somebody is an imminent threat to themselves or an identifiable third party. So we already had that law, and that was a law that um, provided us with immunity from getting in trouble for breaking confidentiality, right? So if we see somebody um, in a therapy session or otherwise, or if it's a student in college counseling or you know high school, whatever, and we think that they're uh, imminent suicide risk or imminent risk to harm another person, then we have a duty to report that um, uh, either to police uh, for their help or get the person signed into a hospital. Um, and there's a couple different options that we could have done and we still can do. <clears throat> and so what this uh, law amendment does is it doesn't change that. What it does is it now requires medical and mental health professionals to not only do what they had to do before, but also contact a residential police department and provide them with non-clinical information. So I'll just give you a quick example. A student goes into college counseling. They're uh, you know, imminently suicidal. The college counselor, um, let's just say, you know, at William Patterson, for example, in Wayne, 
uh, they want to send the person to the hospital. So they've actually done their duty in getting the person the care they need. This law says, nope, that's not enough. Now you have to contact that person. That person lives in Madison, New Jersey. You have to contact their police chief and tell them that you sent them to the hospital. Oh, great. And so, so that, what, yeah. what about doctor-patient confidentiality? That that doesn't that's out the window now at that point. Right, because remember, this is an immunity bill that that gave us as doctors and and professionals the ability to break confidentiality when there's a risk. So well, they're just expanding that. They expanded well, it. Well, they're expanding it and they're forcing it. Right? It's not. Yes, it's, it's not a voluntary thing. It's before. So so what happens is. Uh, college counselors and different people are contacting me and saying, oh, this is no different. It's just mandating what we had to do before. I said, no, before and still, you have the option to call the local police for emergency assistance. Correct. Mm -hmm. That was the process. That was the process. still is a process. That was an option. Like, again, if, if my office is in Verona and I'm in a therapy session, I can call the Verona police and say, I need help getting this person to the hospital. But if that person lives in Montclair, I have to call... Now, not only Verona, Verona please, for emergency help with clinical information, but now I have to call Montclair you have to drop the dime. with non-clinical information. Kind of like Stalin-esque, well, sort of. A so what I've been doing is um, college counseling centers are losing their minds because this is a mess for them. They have oh, students sure. with dual no residencies, yeah. students out of state, you know, who knows the implications. Um, domestic violence uh, programs are really upset about this because it's hard enough for them to get people to talk. Um, I've also contacted people who are traditionally extremely liberal and say, who work with undocumented uh, groups. I say, uh, you're going to be calling immigrants. You mean? Okay, or? fine. Oh. You're going to have to call the police department on them. Right. Think about that. Yeah. You have, if you're someone who works with, let's say, illegal, undocumented, whatever word you want to use, you're, you're in the middle of, let's say, Hudson County. You work with those people. That 16-year-old girl is suicidal. You have to now contact her police department. Would you then? Would you have to call like Bolivia then and <laughs> let them know? Well, it's it's really um, it's really a very big problem, and I can tell you one thing, which is really it's important. Got, it has to be a huge problem because if you don't, if you fail to do that, now has this? Have you had any practical experience with this yet, or no? Well, this just got signed, so I haven't heard of anything that's. That's, I haven't heard of any instances where it's happened. By no, the because they're still the state police and the attorney general. They're still defining how the law is going to work because our legislators just make, make a laws. bill, they turn it into law, and then we'll fix it later. We had Loretta Weinberg on the show. She basically to we told her that a lot of the laws are, are ambiguous, and she said, "Well, we'll let the courts figure it out." Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Uh, we have that right. verbatim. She said, yeah. "We'll let the courts." So someone needs to get arrested under this law. And then we're going to let the right. courts figure it out. But that person's going to be arrested with no due process, have their guns taken away, have their freedom taken away. If they have a professional license like you do, Doc, they're going to lose their job until their day in court if they can afford it and probably lose their house and their family. But that's how we work. That's how our government works. So here's the my big concern from my angle is... So you have a governor and a legislator, and this wasn't even close, by the way. There's obviously like 90, 95%, you know, passed through in terms of voting. Well, and you have a, a, an overwhelming number right. of... And the governor, but, but look at this. Who are they consulting? No one. They're, they're, they're keep talking about mental health and mental health laws, but they're not contacting mental health professionals. I put a post out recently, the American Psychiatric Association's 2015 position statement on guns right. specifically advises against this. It says, because privacy and mental health treatment is essential <laughs> to encourage treatment, etc. Look at this. 
uh, progressivism just laws, give a crap listen, about Sandy, it. Sandy, laws designed to limit firearm possession that mandate reporting to law enforcement officials by psychiatrists and other mental health professionals of all patients who raise concerns uh, about danger, etc., are likely to be counterproductive and should not be adopted. And so this from this the extreme, it's the American the extreme right-wing American Psychiatric Association. Yeah. So they're saying you should <laughs> not adopt these laws. So you're not consulting the American Psychiatric Association. No. You're not consulting the New Jersey Psychological Association. No. You're not. Con you're, who are you consulting? You're well, using mental health. It, it, does any of this surprise you, though? It doesn't surprise me, but I, it's, you know, I think that the it's, it's tragic. people need to understand. Uh, again, yep. and this is what you guys voted for out there. You know, this is gun control. We we keep we keep saying this over and over again. Uh, voting has consequences, and your actions have consequences. And to protect your pensions, this is what you're voting for. It's the same with the magazine ban. That um, if you if you read the law. It's identical to the magazine ban because if you read the law, it's a, it's a catch-22. There, there's no way out. It is, it is, we'll get into that when we go into the magazine ban. But basically, once that law was signed, we all became instant felons. Yes. And you cannot dispose of that. If you have a high-capacity magazine, your 15-round magazine now is automatically considered a high-capacity magazine. So you can't... Verbatim from the law, you can't transport it. You can't get rid of it. You can't you bring can't it to the range it. to have you it modified. No, you can't bring it to the range to have it modified. You can't sell it. You can't dispose of it. You can't do any of it or manufacture or remanufacture it. So what do you do with it? You eat it? No, you disposed of it. So what? You're and, and that it, it only carries a fourth degree felony. Only. Right. Well, I'm, wa I'm waiting. You know, I, I work a lot with the New Jersey Psychological Association and different organizations, and I, I these are the same colleagues of mine, frankly, that were protesting President Trump and saying science has to come first. I'm, I'm asking you, where are you? Because yeah, right, exactly. You know, <laughs> is it convenient science? As a, and, and both of us are scientists. Mm -hmm. And we actually we're have outnumbered. We have Frank, th we have three. I consider Frank a, a scientist <laughs> also. So we have <laughs> we have three two behavioral scientists and a sort of scientist uh, here. So uh, it drives me crazy when they start citing science and then call us science deniers because we don't believe that we can't believe that the people who can't predict friggin' weather tomorrow <laughs> are telling us that there's the global changes are happening and it's either warming or cooling or warming or cooling and we just can't get it right so we'll just call it global climate change but we're science deniers because we don't believe that there are 873 freaking genders <laughs> out of same chromosomes that oh, exist in Oh, you're pissing Thursday. our listeners off. <laughs> I want to tell you about my friend Katie. Katie is a nurse and she was attacked on her way home from work. She was totally taken by surprise and although Katie is only five feet tall and 106 pounds, she was easily able to drop her six foot four, 250 pound attacker to his knees and get away unharmed. Katie wasn't just lucky that day, she was prepared. In her pocketbook, a harmless looking lipstick, which really contained a powerful man-stopping aerosol propellant. It's not like it was in our grandmother's day. Today, just going to and from work or to the mall can have tragic consequences. The FBI says a violent crime is committed every 15 seconds in the United States. 
and a forcible rape happens every five minutes. And chances are, when something happens, no one will be around to help. It looks just like a lipstick, so no one will suspect a thing, which is important since experts say getting the jump on your attacker is all about the element of surprise. Inside this innocent-looking lipstick is the same powerful stuff used by police and the military to disarm even the most powerful armed aggressor. In fact, National Park Rangers use the very same formula that's inside this little lipstick to stop 2,000-pound vicious grizzly bears dead in their tracks. It's like carrying a personal bodyguard with you in your purse or your pocket. Darkness brings danger. Muggers and rapists use darkness to their advantage. We all know what it's like to be walking at night and hear footsteps coming at us from behind. Who's there? If it's somebody bad, will you be protected? Your life may depend on it. My friend Katie's close call needs to be a wake-up call for all of us, myself included. Pick up a lipstick bodyguard and keep it with you always. The world's becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. And what better way to say I love you than giving the ones you love a gift to keep them safe? Lipstick Bodyguard. It looks just like a beautiful little lipstick, but just like a beautiful woman, it has the power to bring a grown man to his knees. Lipstick Bodyguard. Fear no evil. Get yours today only at LipstickBodyguard.com. Just follow the link on the GunForHireRadio.com homepage. Listen to this and other episodes on iTunes, Google Play, and On Demand. And this segment is brought to you by our newest doctor, Dr. Henry Medallion of Medallion Chiropractic on Valley Road in Wayne. He was on the show last week, big 2A supporter. If you or anyone you know was in a 30-mile radius of Valley Road in Wayne, New Jersey, check out medallionchiropractic.com, M-A-D-A-L-I-A-N, M-A-D-A-L-I-A-N. Medallion Chiropractic. If you're too far away, refer friends or family. Go on to his social media, Google, Facebook, Yelp, or whatever. Give him a five-star. Pass it to the friends and family. Support those who support us. He will improve your shooting. MedallionChiropractic.com. All right, Doc, take it away. Frank, don't go anywhere. You and Bella are going to talk in a little bit. We gave Bella some of the insulation, and I gave her Mr. Hanky the Christmas poo. <laughs> oh, Mr. Hanky's <laughs> almost gone now, which is which is fine. Okay, if a human did that, I'd kill them, but Bella's going to get cookies later. Yeah. Okay, that's how it works. Go ahead, continue, Doc, because we don't want to lose this point of our uh, losing all of our rights uh, one slice at a time. So, San- so, so Sandy was just talking about, you know, we were talking about science and so forth, and, and you hear a lot about funding, and the NRA blocks funding for research and so forth. And again, you know, a little shamelessly, I'll promote my book in the sense of saying, we just we just wrote a 648 page book with Oxford University Press. I mentioned in it. By it the has way. over a thousand references. Scientific references. Okay, Sandy, I mentioned in it. By and the way, go ahead, Doc. Did you are and, you did you mention Anthony in the book? I did. Oh, I'll okay. talk about that in a minute. But my point to that is, guess how much funding I got? Zero. Zero. Yeah. I did it at my kitchen table. 
at 5.30 every morning. Good. You don't owe anybody anything. <laughs> okay. No, but so my point yeah. is when people yeah. tell you, you c- they can't get their research yeah, done. Absolutely right. That's that's Maybe they can't get their vacations paid absolutely or right. their sabbaticals yeah. paid, but you can get the research done. Damn right. If you want to actually you know, go and do it, we just did it. We did it with a reputable publisher. Yep. And if you read the endorsements, they uh, we're very proud of them because we have Dewey Cornell from Virginia – and uh, Dr. Dewey Cornell and Dr. Uh, Lisa Gold from Georgetown University, who specifically say in the endorsements, these are apolitical books, they're scientific books, mm-hmm. and that's without funding, zero funding. It costs me money and time away from my family, but it's because I believe in seeking the truth. However, however, I so I, I get a 648-page book published with Oxford. But I can't get a 500-word op-ed published in any New Jersey uh, exactly. paper. No, not but happening. This right. just happened, by right. the way. The New Jersey Psychological Association asked me and a colleague to author op-ed on gun-related um, issues and mental health uh, for May's Mental Health Awareness Month. We put them together. They were obviously you know, very kind of um, fact-based and mm-hmm. so forth. They were not opinion pieces. And we got... Zero takers. Absolutely, because the editorial board of the newspaper is different than the editorial board at, at, at Oxford University Press. The editorial board at the newspaper has an agenda. Your work did not fit the agenda. The The problem yep. that you find with everyone is the other side, the anti-gun side, the socialist side, needs to control the media, which they do. They need to control academia, which they do. They need to control the healthcare system, which they now do. And everything is aligned for a particular agenda. Look at what just happened in Maryland. You had a person with, uh, you know, I can't, I can't get into this, but you can get into that, with, 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 with a severe mental health problem who had a long-standing vendetta against this newspaper in some imaginary sense and then went in with a shotgun, which Joe Biden told everyone to buy, and shot up a newspaper. Right. Well, it's it's interesting because if if you look at the book, um, when I was I didn't have a narrative before I wrote the book. It took two years of r- hardcore research. It was extremely involved. At the end, the last chapter I saved, and I call it the main findings. I didn't know what they were going to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, right, because right. that's the whole point yeah, of yeah. research and science. Yeah. You, fig- you you figure you, out you figure out the is. conclusions when yeah. you conclude the research, <laughs> right? <laughs> not, what, not not they're not called not preclusions. Of, not, yes. They're called conclusions, and and. Number five, and look, I'm I'm able to say it. Um, I put it in print, and I stand behind it. Many media outlets provide disproportionate attention and inaccurate <laughs> information about firearm-related issues, thereby contributing to the circulation of myths and misinformation in our society. I, I, I stand behind that, and I'm not just the one that said it. If you look at the book, I cite leading people in my field who agree with that. There's research behind Columbine and Newtown and so forth that show that they're they're negatively influencing uh, public sentiment and providing inaccurate information. Of course, there's a lot of other things that we talk about um, aside and, from it. And what we don't have to get to is the fact that this is not by accident. This is on purpose. Right. The, the government, since the Obama administration, the Obama administration employed more behavioral psychologists than any other administration since FDR. Um, the fir- first person to actually start that was our, our, our buddy Woodrow Wilson, who, former governor of, of New Jersey. Boy, <laughs> there's a surprise. Um, what's, what starts in New Jersey doesn't <laughs> stay in New Jersey. Yeah. Um, the, there's been no change 
that sentiment has existed for a long time. When you have people who are forming public opinion uh, against a particular, you know, what caused celeb, then it's going to continue on. Well, they just don't do it for for firearms. They do it for the the dogs. Oh, absolutely. Media attacks the... The pit bull breed, the pit bull, oh, yes, unbelievably, right. and, and yet more people own pit bulls in the United States than they really even recognize. And Bella, uh, co- coincidentally, is, is a, a pit bull. Is a pit bull, and she's a service dog. And no. she's a service dog. She's a, yeah. Doc, how do how do people? Uh, your book is called The Behavioral Science of Firearms. You have two offices in New Jersey, right? What towns? Um, our main ones in Verona, and we also do some work at a Morristown. Morristown. And how do people find you? gpirelli.com, G-P-I-R-E-L-L-I.com. Like the tire. And Dr. <laughs> Pirelli, we have flyers in the big classroom here for Dr. Pirelli as well. We refer uh, people to him all the time that, that come in and have issues, and we always tell people, always defer to the side of uh, getting help because you don't want to, uh, you know, so many people are afraid to get help because they're afraid they're going to lose their firearms, right. which is, uh, you know, it's we have a stigma about mental health in this country, and in New Jersey, we have laws that create the stigma even further, where people are afraid once the, 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 the trigger is pulled or the bell is rung, that they admit that they maybe they're depressed or they're not feeling well, they're going through a diver- divorce. And you you know it, Doc, I'm not a doctor, but not all depression is permanent and terminal depression, right? People oh have situational God. depression, right? I, I Look, ha- half of my career is spent doing evaluations for gun applicants and um, people whose guns are taken away because there is a gun restoration uh, process, gun rights restoration process and so forth. So, no, mental states do fluctuate, which incidentally makes a lot of the policies uh, and laws that they try to pass uh, irrelevant. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's, an, that's for another conversation. Yes. But, you know, look, the reality is um, yeah, we... I, I want to say this because I know these types of laws can deter people from getting help. Yeah. We saw it with yep. military. Yeah. We yes. saw it with police. And right. we're going to segue into Frank yeah. with the next segment and they, and, on that. And they still they still pass these things. But here's what I want to say. When you go for mental health pro- professionals or even medical professionals, you don't have to just not go for help. Ask the question beforehand when you call. Ask them, you know, are they comfortable seeing someone who's a firearm owner and so forth? Because... Uh, they may not be, and I've had a situation where a year into therapy, you know, a therapist basically told a person they can no longer work with them because her views were so far against guns. No one should have a gun completely. Oh, my God. And that level of bias, you know, just like you would ask, oh, are you comfortable seeing someone from a different ethnic persuasion right. or what have you? Right. And I just wrote a paper recently on cultural competence, and I'm trying to educate medical and mental health professionals. You have to have cultural competence. So for your listeners... You can ask questions. You feel like you can't ask questions. You can't vet the doctor. You Correct. can, and you should. It's not, oh, I have a problem. Are you? What's your threshold? That's not what it is. Just make sure that they understand that that's something that's important to you, and they're willing to do therapy because if they say, no, no one should ever have a gun, I don't like gun owners, whatever, that's going to be a problem later on you know, down the line. Imagine they're all, they're they said, already showing their bias. Well, imagine, imagine you're a, a gay couple... And um, they say, I'm against, 
gay marriage. Right. Yeah. And you're you going in for couples therapy. therapy. <laughs> yes. Exactly. That's one of the reasons right. why I always say we we have to keep it in the family and support those who support us. Like like Frank, I won't go to a dentist that's anti gun. My dentist is pro gun. You know, my, my maintenance guy is pro-gun because I'm not giving my money to a guy yes, who's going right. to go fund, an, you know, no, anti-gun stuff. Michael absolutely. Bloomberg, right. Now, Doc and Frank, while I'm here, if someone has a therapy dog, could that be a disclaimer? Like, if I was a vet and I had, you know, I needed a therapy dog, could they deny me my right to get a firearms Good ID question, card? Yeah. I don't, I mean, there's nothing on the, um, there's nothing... On the application, you know. Yeah, but think about this. If I walked into the police department to fill out my firearms ID cards, and I had a dog that said what usually yeah. says service, service dog, dog, right? Yes. Do not touch, they usually say on right. them, right? Yeah, right. The, well, the cop might say, what do you need that dog for? Well, I can tell you this. The, to answer your question, they can deny you for anything because there's the clause of public safety, health, and welfare. Correct. And so I That's just had right. a police department. I'll let them rename name, <laughs> name, <rename> nameless <laughs> for now, remain nameless but who told me they wouldn't take my evaluation of an applicant because I was a psychologist. And I said, Sergeant, your officers get pre-employment evaluations <laughs> and fitness for duty evaluations by forensic psychologists like me. So why is it not good enough for your citizens, but it's good enough for your colleagues? And then, of course, you know, mic drop. But the point <laughs> is, so to Anthony... My point is, I can I can tell you what should be, and I and then we can talk about what is, but we can't really talk about what is because there's 565 municipalities in New Jersey, and they're all going to handle, and they're all different. Yeah. And so exactly. I tell people, and you know this, don't think on the state by state level. You got to think yeah. on the town by town sure, level. Imagine you could go to town, let's say Cedar Grove, and the cop is prior military. Yeah. Right. And he sees right. Frank's uh, son walk in with the dog, and they start yeah. talking military jargon. Yeah. They both pet the dog, and the paperwork gets Everything's processed. Fine. Right. You go to another police department, like, oh, what's the dog for? Well, you know, all of a sudden the lights go on. Well, you're, well, yeah. oh, well, you have to disclose that. Now we need a letter from a doctor. Now we need yeah. this. Now we need right. that. Now we need right. that. So Frank's son gets his permit in 30 days. The other right. guy. Right. has to spend $10,000 oh, yeah. and three years to maybe get a permit. Right. That's why I tell people, we do a comprehensive evaluation, yes. but there's there's no guarantee. I have people who move, like you said. It's even worse than that, Anthony. That same sergeant or police chief who, who approves it today, you go for your handgun permit, the second one, three years from now, it's a new right. brass, right. and yes. they say no. Yep. So... We're in a, it's you know, it's literally like moving, uh, hitting moving targets. Um, wow. But that's why when we do our evaluations and our process, we don't shoot for the minimal requirements to appease that sergeant. We do the top best practices that any department is really not going to be able to contend Refuse, against. Right. Because if you say, oh, I want to appease this sergeant at Cedar Grove. You're screwed. Okay, fine, but yeah. then you're going to have to deal with bigger problems. I yes. say no, we're going to go above and beyond. Yeah. And what happens is when you go and you get the right attorney, if you're in that situation, and the right expert, you now essentially shift the burden and put the ball back in their court. Because just like you were scrambling to find the right representation and the right doctor in your corner, now they're going to be scrambling. Because yeah. who are they going to find? Right, exactly. The further you go up the chain, the farther it reaches. All right, we'll this is back. We got Frank coming in yeah. and Bella. Bella want cookies? Yeah, take a look.
For many people walking into a range the first time, it's quite intimidating. So when you walk in through the double doors, the first thing you'll see on your left is a concierge. When people walk in, they can take a tour of the range, or maybe they're coming in for an appointment with one of my instructors or me, and they'll be directed to the right classroom. It kind of softens the entire experience. It makes people feel more at home. As you walk further into the range, you're going to notice we have New Jersey's only indoor 50-yard range, which is heated and air-conditioned. The dividers in each port are bulletproof. They're extra wide ports so two people can stand side by side and shoot. There's lights in the ports so you're well lit. We also have three times as much light down range that the average range would have because I believe it's important that the targets are well lit. Our target retrieval system is all digital. You program how many feet you want to send it out and it stays there. Both of our ranges are tactically baffled which means when we run our higher level courses, you can move forward to the firing line and shoot in any direction and bullets can't escape. When you come out of the 50 yard range, to your left you'll see our large classroom and go back up to the concierge and make a right. We have two smaller classrooms and those classrooms are for small one-on-one -on -one classes, our Build-A-Bear, building an AR. As you enter through there, you'll see that we have a uh, portal with a key to go into our Platinum Lounge. They can sit around and watch TV on the leather uh, chairs or couches, and they can maybe work deals with their uh, clients. And you normally don't see a cafe in an indoor range. In New Jersey, we have this archaic law where you're only supposed to go from your house to the range, range to the house with no unnecessary deviations. I'm seeing a lot more families coming in now where they have multiple kids, and the wife will stay in the cafe with one or two kids, and they'll do a handoff. To me, it's very important that people are treated like family, so the bathrooms are very high-end. We use marble and corian and really nice tile and full-length dividers so that people are comfortable when they come in. When you exit the bathroom, you'll see the Gun for Hire radio studio where Sandy and I tape our show. After you pass that and you make a left, you'll notice our retail area. Over 120 firearms for rent. As you turn 180 degrees, you see the large sections of bulletproof glass. That's our 25-yard range. And inside our 25-yard range, we have 13 ports. Those ports are even wider than the 50-yard range. Both ranges have full-time range safety officers. In case you have any questions or concerns, they're there to help you. With the news, events, and political shenanigans impacting your freedom, you're listening to Gun For Hire Radio, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. And this segment is brought to you by Gunsitters, Gunsitters.com and their military division weapons guard. Uh, Gunsitters.com, their main location is on Route 10 West in Whippany in the Pine Plaza. Check them out, please. Their military division weapons guard, they will store your firearms. If you are military, active military, and if you're being deployed or being transferred, they will hold your firearms for free so you do not become a felon in the state of New Jersey, as we all know that can happen. They also have a location in Easton, Pennsylvania, uh, where you can store your uh, newly uh, enacted contraband in the state of <laughs> New Jersey for gun sitters. So please... Uh, support those who support us and check out gunsitters.com. Uh, Thank you. So Frank, Frank Puglisi is on the show and his company is behaviorplus.info. And the way we got hooked up with Frank was we did Pitter Pat Pup uh, here uh, about two years ago and uh, Jeff and Meredith hooked us up with Frank and Frank came here with uh, Bella the Pitbull today 
And Frank works with Hitor Animal Shelter, H-I-T-O-R, Animal Shelter, and the Animal Care Center of Pomona, New York. And he's going to get into detail about what great things he does and what led him to this. But his website is behaviorplus.info. The uh, shelters and uh, the, the animal care, they accept donations and stuff, guys and girls. So if you're listening, you want to help out. Frank does this out of the goodness of his heart. So, Frank and Doc Pirelli, please chime in as well. Frank, tell us what you do, because we love dogs more than people, so we want to hear it. Well, Behavior Plus was started about 10 years ago. Uh, it became a formal company. Um, I've been training dogs for about 15 years now. And... Um, what we do is we take uh, shelter dogs and, and problem children and we rehabilitate them and either to stay in the home or to turn them into service animals or therapy animals. And there's an unlimited supply of dogs in the shelters. And people Ugh, adopt these I dogs and, and they don't really know understand what they're getting into when they take a dog from a shelter. They concentrate a lot on the dog's past, a lot on the dog's history, but they really don't set the dog up for success. And then the dog has problems in the home. And then they don't know where to turn to. And there's a lot of trainers out there, and most of those trainers will throw a cookie at it or, 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 or try to, to, to coax the dog or reason with the dog. But in, in essence, this is an animal. Mm-hmm. And from an animal standpoint, the dog has to be treated like an animal. So we break the dog down into animal, dog, breed, and Bella. And we deal with the animal needs first. That's the food, shelter, water. We'll deal with the dog's needs the dog's needs would be structure, guidance, discipline, rules and boundaries. And then we deal with the breed's needs. Like in Bella's case, the need to chew something, which she did in your studio. My Mr. Hanky, the Christmas <laughs> poo is yeah. gone. Or to chase something because there is a terrier in there. And then we'll deal with the human part, which is Bella. And that's the part that we give the dog. That's mm-hmm. the personality, the persona, the affection. That's the part we give. But if you stay in that order then you can take any dog sure. and you can save any dog. And we have a 99% success rate of rehabilitating and keeping dogs in the home. Oh. All right? And that's, wow. that's really how we do it. I've got over 15,000 documented hours with aggressive and problem dogs. Wow. So over the last 10 years, we've managed to uh, become uh, kind of like the go-to trainer in North New Jersey for when you're in trouble. Where's Behavior Plus located? Behavior Plus is located in River Edge. Okay. But uh, there were five trainers that worked for me, and we scattered throughout the state in Staten Island, New York, and Brooklyn. And we handle dogs on an individual basis. We come to the home. We do the training in the home. And basically what we're doing is teaching you how to handle your dog. Everything from the chihuahua. That's where it all comes down to, right? Well, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. People treat their dogs like children. They're not. They're animals. Right. Mm-hmm. So now, but you also work with Hightour and uh, Animal Care Center of Pomona, and you were telling me you, you do a lot yes. for veterans, right? Yeah, and well, I a, sit on the board of directors at Hightour Animal Shelter, okay. and, and what we did is uh, about a year ago, uh, we started a service dog program up at Hightour, where what we're doing is uh, we're taking the dogs from Hightour, and we're turning them into service dogs, and we're giving them to veterans who are in need of a dog. Oh, my God, that's beautiful. Because a veteran will go to the VA, and the veteran could wait two and a half, three years, and it could uh, cost the veteran anywhere from 5000 to $20,000. Wait a minute, wait a minute. The VA will charge veterans for service? They'll send them to an organization. That organization will charge. The VA will not pay for a dog. Wow. Wow. So what we do is... I, can't, is I'm, I can't even tell you how pissed I so am. I've I, got, I had no idea. I yeah. didn't either. It, it's a sad situation. And, and so the, the shelter at High Tour has an unlimited supply of dogs. And, wow. and there's an unlimited supply of veterans out there in need of these animals. Yeah. Beautiful. So, so Behavior Plus donates its time to get the professional work done. I have a terrific group of volunteers up at High Tour that walk and service and train the dogs under our guidance. 
and and uh, so far that we've banished so this year we've placed one dog last year we placed a dog these uh, we have three dogs now that are currently waiting veterans for applications uh, we're involved with the Bridges Association which is uh, Bridges help for assistant living in Rockland County and they have a program uh, the Joseph E Dwyer program and with that program we accept veterans applications through them as well so that these individuals have an opportunity to get a dog where they would be waiting and it, they shouldn't wait two years no they shouldn't wait most they of shouldn't the, wait a day yeah but it's hard to get the dog trained and matched to the veteran that, right. that that takes that takes a little bit of time but what do you look being, for when you're matching a dog to a, a person well we, we're currently working with a dog right now and a veteran who is um, she suffers from post-traumatic stress and she's also diabetic so she's been working with the, with one of the dogs who has a tremendously good nose. Mm -hmm. So the dog is providing uh, right now for her an outlet for her to work on her own personal persona to feel better about herself right. because she goes through the training. And then soon we'll be training that dog to detect her, her hypoglycemia wow. okay. so that the dog can smell her. So she'll have a second wow. uh, opportunity as well as a meter that she carries, but she'll also have a dog that'll help detect her blood sugar level so she'll know when she's in trouble. Is and that phenomenal? Yeah. And the dog, Amazing. it's a match. The dog has a great nose, and the dog seemed to attach and bond to her relatively quickly. Um, we placed the dog last year with a veteran um, who was having very difficult times moving around. He, he wouldn't go out. He wouldn't leave his apartment. He, he wouldn't go shopping, things like that. Um, we found him uh, a very nice pit bull named Casper. Uh, the veteran was afraid of crowds and people, so we got him the biggest, ugliest dog we could find. So <laughs> nobody will come near him. Nobody comes near him. This and he is, goes that's a perfect placement. So he went and saw his mom this year up down in uh, Texas, and he got on a plane with his dog, and yeah. he was able for the first time to see his mom in a while. Wow. So, you know, which, these, which these was it? Which, there was an airline recently. Was it United? It was Delta. Delta. Bella cannot fly a Delta airline. Are you serious? So because now right, I so will as not well fly Delta. As, she, as, Bella, as Bella is, as well behaved as she is in here. She, she cannot get on a Delta plane because of the way she looks. Not because it. of anything she's ever done, not because of any history, not because of any specifics, <coughs> just the way she looks. Wow. If she looks like a pit bull, you can't go on an airplane on Delta. Idiots. So it goes, if I may jump in, it goes to a similar policy we see with mental health. Only 3 to 5% of uh, violence is even attributed to severe mental illness. Yet these types of laws and policies wide-sweeping labeling people yeah. with any diagnosis yeah, right and so it's a similar type of concept it's a it's a low-hanging fruit uh, catch-all type of concept it's you know? feel-good legislation from the from the yeah. Yeah, and, it, and it follows suit like Delta that's ridiculous and, but where they're do idiots. they where, where do they hear it from? They're I mean, idiots. Well, they're, they're, they're taking stigma. it from the stigma the media stigma. puts yes. out of the yes. dog. Stigma. Yes. The media drives the everything. Like yes. Sandy says, if it bleeds, it leads. Yeah. Right? Oh, right. That's exactly right. And the media right. drives the pit bull persona. I mean, they they drive oh, it. Definitely. There's absolutely no doubt about between, that. Between the media and, and most of the time, they're not pit bulls that they're talking about. Right. But nobody follows through. The media reports no. it as a pit bull attack, but then you later on you find out it was a lab mix or something else. But they don't change it. I went to a hockey wow. game with a, with a, vet, a veterinarian, and he told me that he's been snapped at and bit more times in his life by shepherds. He says because shepherds are so tight with the family, when you separate the shep yeah. and put them on the table, this nervousness sets in on them. You know, But you never hear about that because shepherds are big, fluffy, always running around. And, and Frank is right. The media just drills the pit bull, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Drills the pit bull. We need that villain, and that's the dog that they right. make the villain. Right. And, and look, look at guns. The, the persona of the mentally ill 
mass shooter with an AR-15. Well, let's think about that. Like I said, the mental illness, 3 to 5% of, of violence uh, is attributable to it. Mass shooting is much less than 1% of all gun right. deaths. And rifles are only involved in about 2% of homicides. Right. right. So you've literally taken the lowest base rate in each area, put it together, slap a picture on it of, a, of a, some deranged-looking mass shooter, and now you're selling this for your quote-unquote gun control policy, yep. but then your gun control policy actually has nothing to do with that persona. It, Correct. It, it's, it's got... It's just packaging. It, it never, it's packaging. It's, it's all marketing. It's all about clickbait. It, you know, we're living in a society right now. Uh, you and I have to talk off air about some work on, but I've been doing for, for sneaky bitches for quite a while. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's all right, Frank. You could hang well, out with me and Bella. <laughs> but we allude to it o uh, over and over here on the show. It, it's some. I, I do a lot of work with, you know, thinking opposite and that sort of thing. And 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 and, and it's a strategic move to. Basically, watch what everybody else, I, I say the masses are asses, right? So strategically, you watch what's going on, and then you do the exact opposite. But the problem for me was always timing. I met up with a guy from Austin, Texas, who deals specifically, he was a sociologist, went back thousands of years and wrote this book that was an obscure book. Nobody bought it. But it had to do, the book was called Pendulum, and it shows... Uh, without a shadow of a doubt, an 80-year swing from one side of a... He calls it the me generation to the we generation. What we're seeing happening in society right now is a repeat of the 1930s when um, you, you see it happen on Twitter. You, you're seeing... W what's amazing is how foolish the people who are inv in invested in social media are because they're being controlled. Um, everything is all you have is Russian bots and Chinese bots starting fires on both sides of the aisle to see <laughs> who will join in. And you had this shooter that happened the other day. The media without, I mean, the bodies weren't even cold. Yep. And right away they're jumping in on it, calling for more gun control. Here's a, here's a here's a perfect situation. He went in with an AR-15. We need bump stocks. We need to ban. Here's here's why we have to ban bump stocks. It was a friggin' shotgun. Well. It's confirmation bias, you know, yes, obviously, yes, and that's yeah, that's what drives everything. Right. Correct. And, you know, you have uh, Professor Steven Pinker from Harvard wrote this fantastic book. It's called The Better Angels of Our Nature, Why Violence Has Declined. And he goes back to the beginning of human civilization and says this is actually really the least violent sure, time I'm of sure. our human yes. history. Because people forget about you know, medieval times. Right, and all right. There was no laws. People right. raping everybody. <laughs> clear. And, and, and the so, good old days. So, good old days. You know, it's just all about perception. But I agree. Look, Sandy, it's one thing to do it for marketing for business. It's another thing to market laws yes. and legislation. Yes. There's yes. <laughs> The two most precious things you can give someone. No cell phones, no video games, no electronic devices. No interruptions. Just your favorite gun, a couple boxes of ammo, and time spent together. The folks at Gun For Hire Woodland Park Range believe there is no time like the present, and no present like time. Step through their doors and you'll feel time stand still. It may look like a luxury shooting range, but what they really sell 
is the perfect day, and perfect memories are made from perfect days. Gun for Hire Woodland Park Range, where family memories begin. They said it wouldn't last. That was just wishful thinking. Gun for Hire Radio, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. Seven years running. All right, we're going to start out with some housekeeping. Remember, the Gun for Hire Radio Twitter feed is GUN number 4 HYR. We also want to talk about, don't forget to fund the Cheeseman case. GoFundMe.com forward slash restore carry NJ. Want to remind everybody that NJ SafeCon is September 22nd. Tickets are on sale online now. NJSafeCon.net, 9 a.m. till 5 p.m. Cumberland County College in Vineland. Support those who support us. We're going to have a, a full line of speakers there. Anybody looking to advertise, like Doc Pirelli might want to buy a little ad in the paper or something there. NJSafeCon.net. No, no pressure here. No pressure. And then <laughs> let's go back to me. Calandro for NRA.com. Calandro for NRA.com. You can download the petitions on the site. If you have older petitions, make sure they say 2019. Please do not mail the signed petitions to the NRA. The address on the website, they come to the range. The secretary's office is pissed at me. Every day they're mailing me a package. People are mailing the petitions to NRA headquarters. I'm hoping to get endorsed by the NRA. I'm on three committees right now. Uh, I might possibly be on a fourth committee. Rumor has it. So check out my website, calandroforNRA.com. And do it now. Okay. Don't, don't wait. Don't j Just get it in. Don't postpone this sort of thing. This is important because we got to make sure. He's not going to say it, but we have to make sure that he gets on the board because we have absolutely no representation whatsoever other than Scott Bach. And um, Scott is a he's one voice. I have different tactics. Uh, total different tactics. I have different. Scott's a lawyer. Yep. I'm just uh, you know Bob the builder breaker smash it. Anyway, <laughs> Doc, Doc Pirelli. Before we forget, website please. Uh, it's gpirelli.com. G p i r e l l i dot com. And real quick, if you don't Go mind, ahead, please. You just triggered my um, my thought. I'm actually been invited to You're speak. You're speaking at, at safe safe. Time? Yeah. Yeah, you did last year too, or no? Uh, I did before? a continuing ad for lawyers last year, okay. but this year I think it's going to be a bigger. You're going to do it for um, human beings. Though. I'm going to do it for, for actual. So I people. pressured him to advertise yeah, for no, so for naught. We'll That's all right. There. I'll find somebody else. Uh, <laughs> Behavior Plus dot info. So so Frank, you told us a story about your son. If if you'd be gracious enough to share it, because it really personalizes what you do, and I can feel your passion and your love here, because I love dogs and I hate shitty people. Well, so. we got we, we got into training service dogs because. Of, because of my son. My son suffered a traumatic brain injury playing college football. And uh, when he came back from college, he couldn't talk. He was having difficulty speaking. And he would have what was known as micro seizures, where he would um, fall, just kind of randomly fall down. Mm -hmm. um, we noticed that Bella was able, she had just gotten into the home at that point. Uh, Bella herself was a, a dog that was left at uh, four months old in a shopping cart at a PetSmart adoption <sighs> center. Scum. Um, she we went to three or four different foster homes where she developed food aggression. Uh, we got hired to fix the food aggression, but family couldn't do it in the home, so we took Bella home with us. And one thing led to another, and Bella kind of never left. <laughs> um, I can what relate. We, what we noticed is that Bella was uh, had the ability to kind of pick up on my son's uh, seizures just before he would have them. Oh, wow. And she would go over and nip at him or touch at him, so we taught her to kind of nudge him into a corner, so when he did go to fall, he would kind of like slide down the wall. And uh, she would then provide... Uh, 
for all intents and purposes, protection and comfort until he was ready to get back up. Yeah. And then we taught Bella how to become stiff, so my son, who was uh, 6'5", 340, could actually push down on Bella wow. just to help stand up. Oh, my wow. God. Wow. All right? Um, so Bella became his service dog, he, and uh, she reminds him sometimes of things that he forgets. She can lead him out of uh, locations, so if he goes into a uh, department store and gets disoriented or gets confused, he can ask Bella to take her out, and she'll lead him to the nearest exit. Um, and that's that's the service that Bella provides. How's he him. doing now, your son? He's ma- he's doing well. It, it's been my son's been with this uh, injury for about eight years, and right now he's doing tremendously well. Um, we haven't had any seizures in in almost three years now. Thank uh, God. God. We're heading and, uh, in the right direction, and this was all from a glorified concussion, and that's all it was. Wow. So, um, but as we as we went through the training with Bella, we learned that you know we we were running across different people in different circumstances, and as our training business came around, we came across different people and circumstances that needed these dogs. So we started the service dog program up at cooperation with Hightower Animal Shelter. Um, but, you know, Bella is, is, is a typical uh, pit bull breed. Um, loyal, fun, playful, kind of like happy-go-lucky. Loves to have a good time, as you, you can see by your floor. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I don't, we, don't, we don't care about that. We don't care about it. Well, when she's working, she's working. And if I put her in her service dog vest, um, she will be dead calm, perfectly silent. Is that how she knows when you put her in her vest that she's, uh, that she's that working? Is, that it? is correct. We, she's we, going we, to work. She's going to work, and we will uh. tell her that she's going to work. Um, and that's how we train the dog. So when we put the vest on, and the vest is just a courtesy. It's not required. Right. The ADA does not require a vest. Um, but we put it on as a courtesy to the retailers that you're going into so that they understand why you're walking with the dog. And, and we're very clear on, on the behavior that the dog must have. So we become very serious and a lot more assertive when the dog is in the vest as part of the training so the dog understands that the vest is a serious time and work time. Mm. And the dog can distinguish it. It can distinguish between this is playtime and this is serious. So I, I brought her here without the vest today because my daughter was telling me how, how much you love dogs, Anthony. So yes, I you to knew I was sure. going to maul yeah, her. I knew she was going <laughs> to pet her, so I brought her in without the vest, Good. which would allow her. Otherwise, so, she wouldn't so be could you to. train my staff when they put their vest on to go into work <laughs> mode? And can you, can you break me of my food aggression issues? <laughs> I, I'm not quite sure about a lot, if I'm allowed to put leashes on the staff, so I think that could, that could create a little bit of a problem. No, because could. I'm food aggressive. And as for your food well. aggressive issues, I could just sit you in the room with Bella and you two guys could work it out. She'll <laughs> win. <laughs> So you're all over the state. You're in Vansun Park in Paramus. You're in Nunami Park in Cranford, right? That, On the weekends correct. from beginner to advanced service dog training. Again, high, high tour service dog program uh, and, and the animal shelter. You have a pack of nine dogs at home, which are all trained to work with other dogs? That is correct. We have a pack of nine dogs, and that's how we, we service the dogs. So if I come to you and you're having a problem with your dog, we will... Uh, do an evaluation, and uh, we use uh, Bella and one of our other pit bulls named Tucker to help us evaluate the dog, get a feeling for what's going on, and then we'll we'll match you with the dog that we feel is going to be the best example. Do you also agree with me that the world's not good enough for dogs? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 it's it's yeah. a shame what people do to these animals. Oh, uh, and it's, uh, it's, it's, I, it's it's sad. You just touched on our our. Biggest. I mean, we got into this because my daughter had brought home a, a, a pit bull puppy she found climbing out of a dumpster. Oh. Uh, the dog God. was absolutely disgusting it was dark it was dirty it was supposed to spend one day and three days later his name was louis and he wasn't going anywhere yeah and then uh, after a couple of weeks with us louis was doing really good but he he accidentally he bit and he broke my neighbor's finger and my neighbor insisted that we rehabilitate the dog and you know we couldn't find the trainer in new jersey to even talk to us really so we started getting involved in training and we started uh researching it and we hooked up with a, a rescue organization in, in the midwest and they started sending me to classes and uh-huh. seminars 
and one thing led to another and uh, Louie made a pretty good recovery and we started training dogs privately a little bit at a time and now we have five trainers that work for us. We cover an area from Portland, Maine to we've been flown down to Daytona. Wow. Is wow. Louie still around? Louie passed away two years ago. I'm sorry. And, uh, but he was, he's what's on when you open our Facebook page or when you open our thing, you'll see a picture of Louie uh, staring at a piece of cheese, and that's how we got into this. And the area we cover now is, is, is up and down the East Coast, and we've been sent as far, as far west as uh, Pennsylvania but and as far south as Daytona. So we talk a little bit about, like, divine intervention. So your daughter finds a dog in a dumpster. It leads you on this path, and then you get Bella, and then your son uh, has this situation amazing isn't it Some, right, so yeah. this is a plan that wasn't that wasn't in track, that, that wasn't there this wasn't something we were doing we were owning a t-shirt company hmm. and and this became something that just all of a sudden became a passion and, and this took over your whole life and you changed your whole career and everything. everything we changed wow. it all and I all a, because of Louie. I had a promotion. Louis brought in. I had a promotional advertising company and would hang out in gun ranges because I love gun ranges. And fast forward 26 years later, I own a gun range and it's what I do for a living. And I'm out of the promotional advertising. It's weird how, you know, you you think you need like, what do you want to be when you grow up, mm -hmm. man? Yeah, I'm 57. Yeah. I still don't know what no, I want to be. No, that's exactly the same way I feel. All I know is that in, in my world right now, I get to play with dogs all day. Oh, so right. I have okay. a good life. You know, I I I, I really I can't complain uh, about that. At all. I'm yeah. humbled to be in your presence, to be honest with you, because my all, the, all my mostly all of my charitable contributions go towards uh, uh, animal. Um, I wouldn't know anything about that. And stuff. Yes, yeah, <laughs> Sandy is Sandy as well. So we're we we know the feeling because I, I say it all the time. The world is not good enough for for yeah. dogs, yeah. and uh, you know. And you're right. Like every once in a while, something will come up on my Facebook feed where somebody's harming an animal. I'm I'm like emotionally scarred. I delete it. Oh, I yeah. block oh, it. I'm oh like, my God. I'm like, I want to kill wanna, these people. Oh, I, me, me too. You yeah, know, yeah. it's a shame because these animals they, they do what they do and and they they're able to use them for fighting and they're able to do that because of the, the loyalty that these people are abusing from these animals. Yeah. It's the loyalty that. Yeah. Yes, the yes, animal forward. Yes, correct. And, and so it's not the animal that's bad. You know, bad right. dogs. You know, um, you know, not the not the quote Corky Romano, but bad dogs aren't born; they're made. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and that right. is the truth. And and you can rehabilitate just about any dog, and we have. We've real. I mean, mm -hmm. one of the dogs we had gave her first owner 88 stitches in one attack. And wow. She has been completely rehabilitated. She teaches bite prevention to kindergarten kids and stop, drop, and roll and fire prevention to preschoolers. And she's a 14-pound Jack Russell. Please give Frank Puglisi a shout-out. It's yeah. behaviorplus.info. He has a Facebook page. It's behaviorplus at Gmail if you want to contact him. Uh, these shelters that he works with uh, accept donations and support. Or if you need a dog, have a dog that needs help, or you know so a veteran that needs a dog, let's let's like link all of this together, ladies and gentlemen, please, because I know every all of our listeners feel the same way. Frank, I can't thank you enough for, for what well, you do. Thank you, you very you, much you for allowing me. me to come here. Thank you. You'll be on again. We're going to have some updates. Dr. Pirelli, tell everybody how they can contact you again. You can reach out to me. Go through my website, gpirelli.com, G-P-I-R-E-L-L-I.com. Call or email. Happy to talk to you. And uh, coming up, we have multi-state CCW, holster draw, urban pistol one and two, urban carbine one. Become an NRA instructor starts August 4th. Email jimmy at gunforhire.com. And August 18th and 19th, Urban Precision Rifle. Learn how to shoot out to 1,500 yards. And the volume's freaking and Sandy's making faces. Thank you all for everybody. Behaviorplus.info. Check him out. Wait till you see the pictures of Bella. You're going to freak out. Thank you all.
Well, it looks like you've done it again. You've wasted yet another perfectly good hour listening to Gunfire Radio. <laughs> Gunfire Radio is a counterfeit media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, LLC, New York, New York, under license of Broadcast Music Incorporated. I'm Sandy Barardi. On behalf of my co-host, Master Trainer Anthony Calandro, and the rest of the crew here at Gun for Hire Radio, we do thank you so much for listening. Remember, Calandro for NRA, Calandro for NRA. I cannot stress that enough. He's not going to say it, but we really, really, really do need you to support him. Hey, Bella. How you <laughs> doing, sweetie? Bella says hello. Um, you guys, please, if you can, five bucks, ten bucks, uh, contact Frank. He'll tell I you where to send it. High tour animal show. High tour. H i t o r. Five bucks, ten bucks, my ass. Twenty or fifty. All right, Winston, take it away. We love you guys. See you next week.